Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DestorProds.com movies and television podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joined today, we have Caveman. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> yeah, so Caveman sounds weird. He has a new mic, and we are still working on troubleshooting that because he doesn't know dick about setting up audio equipment, and I know a bit more, but not enough to be able to do it from Canada. Yay, Canada! Can you tell I'm tired, people? <laughs> it's going to be fun trying to edit this. <sighs> so, anywho. We have watched stuff. Well, Caveman's watched stuff. I've watched a thing. Well, technically two things, but it's they, they set up stuff. Uh, so I'll just go first just to get the shit out of the way. All right. So, Doom Patrol. I'm still watching that because episode two came out and... Fucking goddamn it, the show is so good. Uh, does Cyborg fit the team any better? Yes, because he's not actually a part of the team. Oh. So, episode two introduces Cyborg. And I may be reading way too much into this, but I am reading into it a meta narrative that the writers of this show are feeling the same way that the fans do about the way DC's treating Cyborg of stop trying to force him into the fucking Justice League. Yeah. So, for the uninitiated, Cyborg, a.k.a. Vic Stone, uh, he is a character largely associated with the Teen Titans. Because that's where he was introduced, that's where he spent the majority of his time, that's where a lot of fans, a lot of like you know late comic fans that around our age know him from, because he was in the Teen Titans cartoon series. I know him from the... Uh from his original Titans run because I was introduced to the comic books when I was a kid. My uncle actually would collect them when he was around my age, and he just had crates and crates and crates of comics. Cool. And, like, I just got to read his comic books, so... Yeah, that sounds pretty. That sounds actually pretty sick. Yeah. But it's, it's why I know about superheroes that no one's ever heard of. Like, the uh, Marvel actually released a book the cover was white, the superhero was white, there was no explanation for his powers, and it was one of the most interesting dissections of the superhero story that I've read that was actually a serious take on trying to make a humorous comic. I will have to talk to you about that afterwards. I don't remember anything about the character, though, so... So anyway. Yeah, so Cyborg. He is Teen Titans. That is what he is from. That is what people associate him with. He is... A member of the Teen Titans. DC Comics at Warner Brothers have been trying to remove him from the Titans f since fucking 2011. Because in 2011, when the New 52 happened, which was their, which was their big universe-wide relaunch of their entire fucking line of comics, Cyborg... That they realized was a horrendous mistake. Yes. So, in that, Cyborg became a member of the Justice League by changing up his origin story so that instead of just having his fucking dad science him up after he got fucking hurt in the big old bullshit. Uh, he got a mother box attached to him, which tied him very closely to Darkseid and the New Gods. Uh. Yeah. So then, he was 
in the comics as part of the Justice League for a good bit. I don't know if he still is. I have I'm still reading Justice League, but I haven't been paying super close attention because Justice League I kinda just glaze over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh look, Superman's doing a thing, whatever. Where's John? Bring back the Super Sons, goddammit. So anyway. Uh yeah. So and so when they when this happened, when Cyborg was announced as part of the as part of the Justice League, nobody liked it. Because he already had a team, the Teen Titans, and it also was kind of token of just, hey, we need a, we need a, we need a black guy on the team. What's John Stewart doing? Hey, we already have Hal Jordan. Fuck. What what about what about Martian Manhunter? Hey, we're doing something else with him. Fuck. Is he can you even count Martian Manhunter as black? He's green. I can because since Smallville, every time they've portrayed, uh, every time they've like shown him in like a not throwback st- sense in his human form, he is he has been black. Okay. I associate Martian Manhunter with black because, like I said, essentially since Smallville, when they had a black actor play his human form as John Jones instead of Jean Jones, big difference there. He's just kind of been played by black actors since then. Also, yeah, using a token in general honestly bothers me. But yeah, whatever. And also, I do associate him with being black because he's usually voiced by Phil Lamar. Yeah, that's true. Which fucking dude? So yeah. anyway, yeah, it was just it was just kind of like this weird feeling of. We need a black guy in here. Hey, what's Cyborg doing? Fuck the Teen Titans. They're hanging out with Danny the Street. And so, no one really liked it. Then he got to the Justice League movie, and he was the worst part of that. Or at the very least, one of the worst parts of that. Because his actor sounded incredibly bored, no motion in anything he was doing, and the special effects looked worse than the effects on The Flash. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> Like you, like there's a trailer that was released a while back where it showed Cyborg. It was like, oh, he looks rough. It must be like early fucking cuts of the effects. Nope. Yeah, oh, that was that was the actual effects. Yes, just slightly shinier, I think. Oh, that oh, oh, honey. They were terrible. It was amazing. And so, every, so like everything has everything like not in the comics has been just trying to get Cyborg back with the Titans. Like, even in the DC Universe movie Justice League versus Teen Titans, where Cyborg was a member of the Justice League, by the end of that movie, he just started hanging out with the Titans and leaving the Justice League. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so then when they announced, uh, hey, Doom Patrol's coming, and Cyborg's going to be in it, I, fairly vocally, was very much against it. On shows like this. Oh my like god, this. I just realized something. What's that? Into the Spider-Verse in five minutes gave a better storyline as to why to break up Peter Parker and MJ than, like, a decade's worth of comics. Yeah. This just makes me hate One More Day even more. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, One More Day. This is not the comics podcast, but fucking goddammit, One More Day. (laughs) Hey, you want to break up two characters? Sell their marriage to Satan. 
Yeah, don't give them actual reasons to d- discuss it. And what's even worse, sell your marriage to Satan to save your 95-year-old aunt. Who is telling you to let her die? But you can't do that. It's his fault she got hurt. Ooh. And that's not like anyone could help her. She was shot by a gun. Hey, hey, what's the name of that doctor we know? The strange one. He can't help. His hands are weird. Ah, well, what about uh, that super genius that I hang out with? The one who uh, uses a magnet in his chest to prevent uh, metal from hitting his his heart. He can't help. It's a bullet, not shrapnel. Couldn't we go to that super magical science place in Africa? Why Why would they help? She's white. (laughs) <laughs> i hate one more day so much and it gets even dumber goes dr strange is like oh, i can't my hands are weird i know let me split your consciousness across all of time and space then try to see if you can find someone to, then go around the world at all points in time and see if you can find someone to help your aunt's gunshot wound fuck talk to venom Hey, Venom, do you mind jumping onto my aunt for five minutes to regenerate her bullet wound so I don't feel guilty anymore and then going back to your host? Oh, God. Eh, sure, I owe you one. No, what if... What if he did that and Aunt May became Venom? That would be cool! That'd be cool. That would have been a cool storyline! Yeah, just just head, just head into Aunt May's house. She's got, like, the fucking, like, 9,000 rows of teeth, but each one of them has like, a little cheese tray on it. Just, it's still Venom in every single way except personality because it's just Aunt May. Like Aunt, like Aunt May, her fucking just pure-hearted love of Peter. Because at that point she knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Just that overrides Venom's like insane stalker obsession with Peter. And just is like, yeah, I'm just kind of your aunt now. We are, yeah, we are Venom and you need to take a jacket. It's cold outside. You should really sew a lining into that spider suit. You get you fall into the river too much, dear. <laughs> yeah. We've been telling him that for years, but he won't listen. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Tumblr, get on it! <laughs> no, fuck that. This is ours now. Fucking Marvel, call us. Okay, we'll get next you a pitch meeting. We'll get you a script. <laughs> Ant Venom. It'll be it'll be a what if issue, and Forbrushman will be there, and it'll be amazing. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll uh, hook her back up with Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, actually, around that time, they would have still had their thing going. Uh huh. <laughs> she wouldn't have married fucking JJ's dad. Because <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. She married J. Jonah Jameson's father. Oh, fucking wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so cyborg. People have had a problem with how they've been treating Cyborg, and I was one of those people, and I had a similar feeling as going into Doom Patrol, because I've said it before on multiple podcasts, they don't really need Cyborg, they have Robot Man, who is the worst universe version of Cyborg. Because with Cyborg, he's still, like, mostly a person. 
Like he still mm. can he can still can, like feel things, eat things, smell things, taste things, and all that shit. Robot Man is a brain inside a fucking husk. It's it's dependent on which uh, on which point in time we get Cyborg because at some points he's all robot. This but is, yeah, this is mostly every person. time. Yeah, pretty much every time he can still touch things and feel them. Yeah. And so, and so it was weird seeing Cyborg and all the marketing material. Then I watched the first episode and Cyborg's nowhere to be found. So I'm like, okay. Going to the second episode and Cyborg is not even a part of the Doom Patrol. He has never met any of these fucking people. See, he is working out in Detroit, becoming his own superhero. Nice. Yeah, it starts out with him um, stopping a mugging. Or, like, not, not, not so much a mugging, so much as, like, a robbery thing. Like, they, like, two guys have this woman held at gunpoint and are taking her from ATM to ATM, emptying out her account and all the money in the ATMs. That's a new style of mugging. I'm, I don't remember what it's called, but, like, that is still a kind of mugging. Yeah, nor do I. But as it's happening, she's, like, at the vending machine. She's, like, at the ATM. Uh, dude's got the gun in the back. And she's looking, at the, she's looking at the machine, and the machine says, Hey, are these guys robbing you? Press one for yes, two for no. And then, and then in the middle of the in the middle of the guy's like, hurry up! And she's like, uh, it, it wants to talk to you. And the machine, <laughs> and then the machine just starts like talking to him about fucking robbing this lady and asking about his fucking buddy up the street. He's keeping watch. Then all of a sudden, his buddy gets fucking thrown into a building. And then yeah, cyborg just fucking shows up, saves this lady, and she's like, "You're cyborg." He's like, "Hey, call me Vic later," and just walks away to go have a hot dog. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And yeah, it already fucking god damn it. Titans is so bad. Titans is fucking trash. It is the worst fucking show. Oh my god. Fucking Cyborg. This this single goddamn scene is better than the entirety of fucking Titans. Oh. Why do I hate Titan so much? Well, I don't know, but Birdie should hate it more. You forced him to watch it. I'm forcing myself to watch it. I could have said no. Hell, no, I- no, no, you can't. It's the it's the kind of people we are. Like if you had asked me and presented me with a legitimate way to watch it, yeah. I'd have watched it with you. I'm glad you didn't, but I would have. Yeah, well, probably what would have happened was like, hey, we sign up for like a free te- for a free seven day trial of this DC Universe thing after the show's already all out, and then we just watch it in three days. Yeah, and we'd probably have killed ourselves by the end of it. Yeah, probably. Well, what might have happened is I might end up like asking, as like Penn as I might ask you and Bernie to sit down and watch fucking Doom Patrol with me. Ah, <sighs> Doom Patrol. So anyway. Yeah, so Cyborg, he is not associated with the fucking Doom Patrol at all, with the exception of with the exception of the fact that he knows who Niles Calder is, because because Niles actually helped his dad build the Cyborg body. Oh, okay. And Niles had like had like asked him a couple of times, like, "Hey, why don't you come on down to my, my compound in Clover and meet some of the people I'm working with? We're doing some interesting things out there." Uh, so yeah, so he. So he like has to talk with his dad, and his dad's like, "Yeah, fucking just keep doing this, man. We're we're going. You could 
And like look, his dad is like, you know, kind of berating him a little bit for having fun being a crime fighter. Uh, you made me a robot. Fuck you. I'm going to enjoy it. Basically. He, he you know, turns off fucking whatever and then begins uh, kind of searching around the internet for like newer, like bigger crimes that are happening out there that he could go help. And he stumbles onto Cloverton, the town where the Doom Patrol is that got eaten up by a black hole that came out of a donkey's asshole. Uh-huh. You know, Doom Patrol. Comic books. Yeah, I told you about the donkey, right? Yes, you did. Yeah. Please don't tell me about it again. Oh, we're going to, because see, because episode two focuses more on the donkey. No, why? Because the donkey is tied to Mr. Nobody. Oh, no. Anywho. So yeah, when he gets to Cloverton, Cloverton is a fucking desolate landscape full of just fucking ruins and shit. And a robot in a leather jacket yelling at a donkey. Because that's how Cyborg beats Robot Man. Robot Man is running throughout the streets, screaming obscenities at this donkey. <laughs> Cyborg catches it in like 30 seconds. Heads, out, heads up to the compound, um, and the donkey barfs up Crazy Jane, who fell into the black hole. Because the donkey's okay. a doorway. That then, um, last last woman, uh, negative man, and cyborg all get sucked into, and then they get like they are subjected to their own personalized hell or whatever of of like basically basically it's just hey we hey here is what your life could have been had you not had the super bullshit happen to you, but it did happen to you and fuck you because the entire time um, nobody like Mister Nobody is narrating their lives to them. And, like, they know it's all fake, but it's like, hey, fucking weird. I'm not a fucking blob of a person anymore. I can, like, be here. Uh, same thing with Negative Man, who is who no longer gives everybody who is around him, who, everybody who is around him, horrible cancer. Yay, no cancer. Yeah, which we learned through, like, some actual decent, like, non-spoken dialogue stuff. He killed his boyfriend with cancer. Oh, that's so sad. And it was like horrid. Because we see him and he is 95% tumor. Like it is. That's really depression. Yeah. It's the Doom Patrol, motherfucker. Doom Patrol is like, Doom Patrol is like 35% fucking, yeah, Doom Patrol is 35% superhero stuff. 50% uh, 50% list insane bullshit and then 15% horrible depression. Uh, so yeah, and then while all that's happening, um, we get Cyborg side of things and we get Cyborg's origin story, well, quote unquote origin story, where he caused a lab accident that exploded, that caused like this massive explosion that blew out his eye, blew off one of his legs, fucked up his arm and killed his mom. And then he gives his whole, and then he gives his whole like big speech at the end of just of just him like reaffirming his own sense of identity and the idea that the idea that him being cyborg is him living up to a promise he made to his mom that his mom never got to hear because she died. At which point nobody's like, yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. Cut to his dad sawing his arm off. 
as part of the procedure to make him cyborg. And the implication is that cyborg's origin story didn't actually happen. That his dad. Uh, so the implication is that uh, is that cyborg's dad rewrote cyborg's memory in order to make him more cyborg. Okay. My interest it has been piqued. Yeah. Um. In in the in like the in the in the uh, flashback that he is in, uh, where he is giving that speech, he gives that he gives that whole speech. Then he gets out of the donkey. His dad shows up, and then his dad gives him the exact same speech, word for word, that Cyborg gave nobody. And it's his dad who is pushing him harder to go join the Justice League to be able to be a giant superhero stuff. Meanwhile, Niles is kind of hanging off in this. Meanwhile, like in flashback stuff, Niles is kind of hanging off to the side, being a decent guy to Cyborg, and and like you know, asking him again, "Hey, come on, fucking come check out my th- come check out my fucking compound." You might like it there. I know you're. No one isn't what your dad wants, but hey, what do you want? And the meta narrative I'm reading into all of this is that Cyborg's dad is DC editorial. Yeah, where they are constantly trying to rewrite and push him towards being something that he shouldn't be in the capacity that he is. Like Cyborg, one day should be on the Justice League. But it should be on there with the Titans. Like, like that, that is that is like the trajectory, essentially for for like for for a team like the Titans. The Titans were a team that kind of like made, made were made up of former sidekicks and Cyborg. That then like grew together and would eventually become fucking amazing big dick superheroes. It's not just you just fucking like oh hey. He looks kind of popular. You're mine now. This isn't what it should be. And so having this episode essentially be Cyborg beginning to question the motives of the people who want him in the Justice League. That is interesting. It is so fucking cool. And and uh they do kind of get around the whole having to make most of his body prosthetics or or special effects by just having him wear hoodies and pants. So the only actual yeah, so the only actual smart. like cyborg side of things they have to have is one fully robot hand, one partially robot hand, which is essentially just a robot hand fingerless glove. Mm-hmm. And then the eye and part head implant that makes up the part of his head that got exploded off. Yeah. Which honestly Cyborg totally wore clothes. Yeah. All the time. He just didn't wear them into battle because it's like, I'm just going to get my clothes destroyed. Why should I bother? Yeah, exactly. And this is a weird thing to say for a show on the DC Universe app. This is the best looking cyborg that has ever been on film. Which includes the multi-million dollar movie, the most, like one of the more expensive fucking movies Warner Brothers has ever produced. And the Smallville TV show. Because Cyborg was in Smallville. And his and his costume in there was a um, felt vest that looked like his Cyborg armor. Smallville's a weird fucking show. Really is. It really is. Yeah. And so... 
And so yeah, that that's yeah, uh, the, the that was Cyborg's large contribution to that thing. Um and then the rest of the episode was largely focused on on Robot Man, Cliff Steele, building a relationship with Crazy Jane. Because since coming out of the donkey, she had gotten a lot more erratic and her personalities like started swapping out a lot more and she actually almost killed both Cyborg and Robot Man. And Cliff being the being the inherent dad he is, I guess. Just started trying to dad her, and it started working. Which I I like that. Uh, in the comics, uh, he like Robot Man and Crazy Jane. They had a similar kind of like familial relationship going on, but it just kind of happened. I don't remember a whole lot of like father daughter stuff happening with them because she was like in her thirties in the comics. Okay, but yeah. So the, but yeah. So uh, they. Did a bit more of that. They showed off a couple more of her personalities, um, including Katie, who was just the Human Torch, and someone whose name uh, name escapes me, but she is able to generate words as sharp metal blades. Oh, so <laughs> I hate to make the joke, but she literally has to watch what she says. Yeah, like like she like she actually told Cliff to go fuck himself, and but then fuck yourself showed up as three independent words, and all flew at him and embedded himself in the wall. And we also got introduced to the concept of the underground, which, for those who don't have read Doom Patrol, uh, the underground is the is the uh, like metaphysical connection to every one of the personalities Crazy Jane has that is in her mind. The underground is represented as this massive subway network that connects every single one of the individual rooms of Jane's personalities. Hmm. That is all kind of like monitored and. Operated by a, by a, I think her name is Crazy Eight or like Driver Eight. Basically, a Jane that wor- runs the subway that that goes throughout the underground. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's 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 what this is. That they introduced a lot of stuff that I'm familiar with. They are adding new spins on stuff that I like. They are. I always love it when shows actually do that. I hate it when like you get a comic book. Uh, co- uh, Com- a piece of comic book art and it's just like yeah we're just gonna color by numbers like no they, they are doing stuff comic they- storylines yeah the, the people who fucking wrote this show read doom patrol are like okay we get enough of this to be good at it and then just made a good fucking show and it's still great that alan tudyk is the fucking bad guy just getting to hear Alan Tudyk at all times is great. I love Alan Tudyk. Oh, man. This show's just good. Oh, uh, the other thing that they also started addressing with this episode is um, Larry Trainer, negative man, is going to try to start developing a relationship with the spirit inside of him. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, for those who... Like, again, for uninitiated. Um, Negative Man's power is that he has this energy being living inside of him that can, like, fly out and then go interact with other energy stuff, do superhero things. But when that happens, uh, he goes unconscious. And from what we have seen, the only, like, the only time it ever comes out is when he tries to run away. 
in the first episode when um when Elasta Woman Rita Farr had her little incident turned into a giant puddle of person, he started running away. And then as he was running away, the spirit ejected itself from his body and he just collapsed on the, th- on the, on the fucking sidewalk. Uh, and then in this episode, he tries to like straight up just leave Cloverton, leave the Doom Patrol entirely, but the spirit won't let him. Like he goes to the bus okay. station, like he goes to the bus station and then buys a ticket for, according to him, the most remote place this bus connects to. And then as the bus is boarding, the spirit ejects itself and he's unconscious until, and then he's unconscious. And then the spirit goes back into his body when the bus leaves. Goes back inside, buys another ticket, comes out, same thing. And then it happens like five more times. Damn. Being hijacked by your ghost. Yep. And then when they go into the whole, like, psychological torture thing that nobody's doing to them, uh, he says that, he, he talks about, like, how, oh, yeah, you're a fucking good old American boy, fucking American hero. If you're not a hero, you're a fucking coward. You're flying planes to escape from everything. Which, yeah, sure, it, it's a direction. Again, I'm not super familiar with, I'm not super familiar with just, like, guy Larry Trainer. Because when I got into Doom Patrol, Larry Trainer wasn't there anymore, and he was this weird, like, gender fluid man woman named Rhea, I think. Okay. Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol got weird. No kidding. Yeah, and they actually mentioned Grant Morrison by name in this, which is neat. Because nobody is aware of the fact that he is in a television show. Like, he serves as narrator, and he is aware that he is serving as narrator. Um, he actually narrates in-universe to us. Because there's a point where he, where like, at the beginning they have, like, a little bit of a cut back to when the fucking, like, when the black hole was eating up Cloverton. And he's doing his narration, and then, and then the chief just kind of turns around and goes, who are you talking to? And then he continues his narration, talking to um, Reddit Grant Morrison fans. All that shit. It is. It's just fucking cool that I'm watching a goddamn Doom Patrol television series and it's goddamn good. It's glorious to me that we're in an era where we can say, and it's good about a lot of shows. Because I had to go through the noughties and and early uh, 20 teens and there was a lot of bad television then. Dude, I was there too. Yeah. Hell, I was doing this website when I when that was there. This is the reason we started Media Horse. <laughs> a lot of garbage to slog through. Oh, so much. Yeah. Speaking of uh, good shows, uh, the Orville, it's still good, and they've been doing some interesting things. Things that have probably already been done in Star Trek, but I'm not that familiar with Star Trek, so. Pfft. But the one thing that I do know about Star Trek is that Data fucks. Oh, yeah. And in season two, they have, the last couple episodes have been a bit more of a focus on Isaac, the Data equivalent. And as it turns out, Isaac fucks. (laughs) Because uh, one of the more recent episodes had uh, the ship's doctor start dating Isaac. 
Which is a bit weird, because unlike Data, he is not trying to be more human. He does not have emotions. He is a being of pure logic that is here to study human and is here to study organic relationships. And so him... And so him, like, getting into a relationship, actually putting an effort into it, and actually and having a huge sweeping romantic gesture at near the end of the episode is neat. And then we're introduced to, and then, then moving forward from that, uh, the episode last week where, um, might be a bit spoilers, but I want to mention it because fuck it, and Caveman probably won't watch it for another fucking three years. Nope. Uh, so Isaac, uh, turns out he has been a mole the entire time and there is a big fucking Kalon universe spanning plan where the Kalons, uh, the race that is Isaac's people are going to try to wipe out all organic life in the universe. Cool. Yep. I look forward to talking about this in three years. Yeah. (laughs) Good to know you think he'll be here for another three years. Eh, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Yay. I, I have, have friends. Better to do. I don't have much better to do. Yeah, Birdie's got his whole nerd thing of trying to get a trying to get like a, you know, a post-secondary degree in like, you know, higher education and shit. Fucking nerd. I already accomplished more than I thought I would in life. I got married. That's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, you're ahead of me. Uh, I'm also older than you. Not by much. I feel it. (sighs) I'm literally sitting here right now like, man, my back fucking hurts. Oh, that's nice. You can still feel your back. All I have is a rod of pain. Mm, Nice. I poop blood sometimes. Anyway, that's enough about our horrid, disgusting bodies. Uh, yeah, I'd, we're at this point, and I'm at this point in my life right now where I'm feeling a net positive toward television, which I haven't felt in a while. I know, right? Yeah, like ultimately, for a lot of TV, for like a lot of my TV watching life, it has been I have two shows I like. I like them all right. Everything else is either nothing or trash. Going to a like net like a like a zero sum game on actual enjoyment of television. Right now, though, I have a couple of shows that I am like real fucking into, and yeah, it is a bit counterbalanced by the fact that there are shows that are the fucking worst thing I have ever seen in my life. Looking at you, Titans, you goddamn nightmare factory. The thing that fucking doesn't make any goddamn sense is that they have fucking bits. They have just these little fucking instances of, hey, here's this character you like from the comics. You like them in this, and they are actually interesting and have, like, thought put into what they do. Like, like in Titans, the nuclear family is a goddamn thing, and they were amazing. Seeing the most dad motherfucker possible fucking kick dove through a goddamn bird enclosure and off a three-story building. Nice. That was amazing. It's especially, it's especially poignant because his name, the character is named Dove. 
Yeah, and then seeing fucking Hawk, the fucking avatar of war or whatever, being pinned down and strangled by a 15-year-old girl while her fucking brother beats his face in with a baseball bat. Little brother, mind you. This this kid is supposed to look like he's 12-ish. Uh, well, the kids in this, they look more like they're like, you know, 16, 17. Ah, uh, poo. Yeah. I they... want to see a 12-year-old bludgeoning someone to death. Trust you me, know, I do too. You know there's kid actors out there who'd be like, I get to hit somebody? Hell yes. yeah, dude. Yeah, I, tr- trust me, I'm right there with you. But I can understand a bit because this show, despite them despite them trying to be as fucking edgy as possible, they won't explode the head of a 12-year-old. Because they're bitches. Cowards! Because they're fucking pussies. Cowards, I say! But they will try to... Okay, it's, it is it is so weird. They won't blow up a fucking 12-year-old's head, but they will try pushing a relationship between two characters whose actors are, respectively, 23 and 14. Perverts, I say! Yeah, you know how Beast Boy and Raven had a thing in the, in the fucking... At a no. Thing? They are beginning to push that in the show... The actor playing Beast Boy is 23. The actress playing Raven is 14. No. No, 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 no. It is so fucking creepy. No. Also, hey, this show did the impossible by having Jason Todd show up, and all of us liked him more than Dick Grayson. He fucking cripples three cops. And we are still, we're still at the end of the day, liking Jason Todd more than Dick Grayson. Yeah, no, I just, I just brought up some of the promo images. No, yeah. that is just wrong. <laughs> no, do not. No, you. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. No, you. Be sure to check out our commentary track to hear. Be sure to check out our commentary tracks for Felling Titans. Uh, to hear my disgust develop in real time. It is haunting seeing them on screen together. Just, yeah. That makes me feel squidgy. Yep. And we can't really, like, fall back on, like, hey, at least, like, the acting's pretty all right, because the acting is not super great. The writing isn't super great. Brenton Thwaites is a black hole of personality. Anna Diop is, she's doing her best, man. Like of the main titans of the main cast of that show, she is the best actress, but she has she's been given the worst character in that she is given a not real version of Starfire. Yay! And all the marketing tried to make it out that it was about race. Oh, great! Which that doesn't fucking matter. It's the fact that she constantly looks like a stripper, like all all the time. Every outfit she wears. Is this weird fucking shiny vinyl fucking outfit that looks like fucking Foxy Brown's wearing it. And they even played goddamn Foxy Brown music at one point. <laughs> like, if the show was all that all the time, that would be one thing. But it it also doesn't help that they gave her fire powers. For anyone who doesn't know, Starfire does not have fire powers. She fires energy blasts. 
Yes, she flies, has above average strength, and can fire fucking laser beams. And technically, when she's flying, her hair can sometimes look like it's made out of an extended stream of fire. Kind of like the same way how the Powerpuff Girls project energy beams of their color as they fly. A, that's not a thing in this, because she ate, because she doesn't fly, doesn't have long hair, and actually doesn't set herself on fire at all. And B, uh, fucking, she still, she, her thing is she fucking shoots fire out of her hands. Yeah. That's what they're going with in this. I agree. It's wrong. That's, that's. uh, Also, it's just a hilarious, also, like, Birdie especially gets pissed off about this whenever they talk about Batman and, like, the whole reason Dick Grayson left Batman and said, fuck Batman, was that Batman was trying to forge him into a weapon. Oh. Which is 100% not what Batman is trying to do when he takes in these fucking kids. Batman's whole thing so, is that his tragedy made him into a weapon. He does not want that to happen to anybody else. Someone read All-Star Batman and Robin. Akiva Goldsman read fucking All-Star Batman and Robin. This is an Akiva Goldsman joint. The thing is, though, Jeff Johns is sitting right there. Jeff Johns, the motherfucker who wrote Hush. You'd think at any point he might stand up and go, um, hey, the fuck? Have you not ever read a Batman comic? And then he holds up ass bar and Jeff Johns dry heaves a bit. <laughs> well, that's what happens. Every time Jeff Johns tries to step up and stop them from doing something retarded, they hold up ass bar and it's just Jeff Johns kryptonite. <laughs> Oh God! I weren't we off? Were we off? Like, no, you started talking about Titans. Okay, yeah, fucking Titans, man. Because God damn it, Titans is Titans is the fucking Titans is the goddamn countdown of the DC Universe app. Oh, it hurts! It hurts. Does it burn when you pee, dead man? Uh, no, it burns when I shit. <laughs> Stop eating tacos. I have I, I I so just for reference and to illustrate to illustrate the fact that I am incredibly white. Um, recently when I bought tacos, they were out of the old El Paso mild taco mix, so I had to get the regular taco mix, and that shit was that shit was too spicy. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You are so white. Oh, man. Do you want to know something worse? At one point, when I was a child, we bought a brand of ketchup. It was too spicy for me. (laughs) We had to go back to the regular ketchup. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Oh, my gosh. You make paper look dark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Do, we, do you have to get mild milk? <laughs> uh, no, luckily the milk. Ha- luckily, they haven't found a way to make milk spicy yet. Yes, they have. Not in Canada. Very spicy milks. Not in Canada, they ain't. We get fucking Corthus finest, which is just fucking regular milk. We get that in fucking bags. 
which I'm assuming that's why they haven't made it spicy yet, because the milk would just eat through the bag. Because the bag, like rest, of, like the rest of Canada, can't handle spicy shit. <laughs> <sighs> Meanwhile, I'm down here with my own hot, spicy uh, taco mix and have to add more heat to it just to get a little bit of heat out of it. Yeah, you're fucking drinking Tabasco by the bottle. Tabasco is garbage. Though I did once drink a bottle of Tabasco sauce on a bet. And they're like, you don't have to drink it. It's I, We understand that it's spicy. I'm like, it's not spicy. It's vinegary. Okay, yeah. They were like, do you want some milk? I'm like, no, I'm going to throw up because of the vinegar in it. This is disgusting. Uh, okay, I don't fucking know, dude. Sriracha, is that better? I don't know anything about hot sauce. If you want spice, use proper seasonings. I... You don't want spice, so you're fine. Add more cheese. That'll nullify the spice. It didn't. <laughs> it, it made your booty hole hot. <laughs> Please never say that again. <laughs> like, we have a title, but please never say that again. You know what you have to do. You have to put one of the like main images for this. Be Starfire standing there with hands on fire. <laughs> the title is yeah, okay. Major Booty Hole Hot. <laughs> oh my god, I'm tired over here. Oh man. Oh. Sometimes I wonder why I'm friends with you. And then we come right back around to, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> oh. <sighs> you anyway. just said earlier, I have friends. Yeah, I know, but some, again, I also mentioned before we started recording, like, questioning. But anyway. <sighs> now I'm tired. <laughs> the last thing I watched was Big Hero 6. It's fine. Like I, like when I, when I when I watched it when it first came out, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I watched it again; yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. It's slightly above average. I'd yeah. give it a, I'd give it a solid three stars. Yeah, that's that's a real it's a real three star movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much the animation and Baymax are the things that save it. Because animation wise, it is. Real fucking good. It has a like. I love the way I love the way it moves. The way everything looks. Um, Baymax from just you know design wise, the his point in the story, all that shit. He works great. Um, and I have a real weakness and soft spot for family stories. And you disgust me. And also, boy and his dog stories. And Baymax is basically a dog. Yeah, about that level of intellect. Yeah, so shit like that, I'm I'm willing to give more of a pass to. That's the thing. I despise family stories because I'm sick of them. <laughs> but I, I still enjoyed Big Hero Six. Yeah, like I, I I got weird shit with family, but yeah, like that movie got me emotional, and I cannot tell you why outside of oh yeah, it's an emotional family moment and whatever. But like yeah, it got me emotional. I kind of didn't care. Like I'm sitting there holding back tears and I'm just like, yeah, I feel nothing. And I'm, and I'm weirdly sad about this. 
That's interesting. It's the dissonance of a three-star movie. Yeah, I... That movie had potential. That movie had potential to be a lot better than it was. They had, like, leaned more into, like, an ensemble thing. But it very much wasn't. It was the story of Hero, Baymax, and the others. Yeah. Like didn't they didn't they do a TV series. Uh, I think so. Well, let me double check. Let me double check that. I, I think I think they were either developing one or actually did make a TV series. Well, if they did, hopefully it explored more of the other characters. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a TV series. Uh, it lasted a season. Great. That's Disney giving us what we want. Yep. Yeah, it, uh... Oh, no, wait, actually, apparently it is still going. Oh. Well, that's Disney giving us what what we want. Yeah. Like, it works both ways, because that's what Disney does. They give you what they think you want to make as much money off of you as possible. Because they're a soulless corporation. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so... Yeah, the, the series. The, the series aired in like apparently began airing in 2017, and had episodes until it had and had episodes fucking until into 2018. Mm. And now I can't find anything else about whether or not the show was canceled or will get a second season or not. Weird. So anyway, that's all I got. What have you been watching? Uh, nothing. Let's just wrap it up here. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so the very first thing, very first thing that I want to ask you is, do you remember the year 2000? Dude, I don't remember the year 2018. Okay. Do you remember me talking about an animated series that you could not give a fuck about called Max Steel? I don't remember you talking about it, but I know of the series. Well, the series I originally talked about was the remake of Max Steel. Yeah. That had some interesting stuff going on, but honestly, it was a remake. It was building off of pre-existing properties. Well, I was trolling around on Hulu, and I found the Spanish version of the original Max Steel, as far as I know. The original might have been a remake or based on a book series. I don't fucking know. Um, and then I found the American version and I started watching it. And dear fucking God. It aged like a crack addict on, on a heroin binge. Well, yeah, it was a 2000s era animated series based off a fucking action figure line. And it was CG. Yeah, so it's like fucking reboot. It aged horribly. However, I was still able to enjoy it. So if you're an old school fan of Max Steel, give it a look up on Hulu. It's running currently, and I plan on slowly working my way through the entire series. I only watched the first episode because it was painful. (laughs) It was the noughties, and television was something to behold back then. The main bad guy's name is John Dredd, 
And that yep. name annoys me, and it really shouldn't, because I like Judge Dredd. Mm. So, moving on to stuff that I actually watched a bunch of. Uh, I finished up She-Ra, Princess of Power. And the ending to season one was really fucking good. Like, all of season one, there's been this dynamic between Catra and Adora. Adora, who is the She-Ra Princess of Power. Where Catra wants to bring Adora back, and Adora wants to rescue Catra from the Horde. And it's kind of like they're always working at opposing goals. Until finally Catra says, fuck it. You've been number one my entire life, and I've been forced to play the sidekick role. You know what? I'm not the sidekick anymore. I'm done with you. And tries to kill Adora. Woo! Not She-Ra. Adora. Murder. Uh, at which point she goes full-on evil. And, like, it's a really interesting watch. Because at first I was just annoyed, like, oh, this character's deciding to be evil all of a sudden. Woo. And then it was like, okay, I'm actually interested in this. You've oh, wait, actually uh, got me invested in this character being evil. Well, she kind of had that from the beginning. I like I remember like, I I haven't finished the series, but I remember like at the beginning of it, um, when when I like, couldn't see her as evil because one of her primary goals was to like get her friend back. Yeah, but yeah, we also remember like when, like when the fucking like the tanks rolled in, everyone was like they like were fucking shooting at that bit village where Adora found the horse. Yeah, she, she came out and then and it's like it's like the horde is e- the horde is evil. They're doing stuff and and then Catter's like. Wait, you just figured that out? We're called the Horde, dude. Yeah, but um, but I could I could see a chance like oh, and she'll see the light and blah 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 blah. You know, like standard kids like fantasy story tropes of the best friend is evil right now, but redemption and purification and such and. I can actually totally see Catra becoming one of the primary villains. Yeah, I, n- I never really got that out of uh, out of that. Like, I like I like can see where you come from, but like, I kind of from the jump, she was more the main antagonist of the show than fucking Hordak. Oh yeah, no, Hordak is still sitting on his throne, being useless. Yeah, like, she, yeah, well, he's doing the Fire Lord thing. Yeah. Now, one thing that I also like is. The Horde converting princesses to their side. Because I, t- I touched on it before, uh, the Scorpion uh, woman uh, is a princess. And, like, her family joined them because everybody mistreated them. And then you get Techno Princess, who's my favorite princess. And she's like, yeah, none of the other princesses listen to me, tolerate my existence, or even want to be around me. They're all bad. You guys seem... You guys seem like you actually want to have conversations, so I'm going to work with you guys now. Yeah, these other princesses are cunts, but you guys have kind of cool texts, like you want to hang out? Get some beers and, and talk fucking circuit boards? Like, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed, because I like her, and now she's on the bad guy's side, and doesn't really seem to care that she's building weapons to kill people. Yeah, that, that, like, that, that that's, kind of, that's kind of the rub of, like, these people treated me bad, so I'm going to join an evil horde that, that fucking... Wipes out innocent people. You guys want a new death ray? 
Yeah, that like that's my that's my biggest problem with that little dynamic there. Uh, and the other problem is that Scorpion Chick is so fucking just unaware of how much Catra hates her. <laughs> it's like so fucking obvious to everyone. And she's just like, Catra's my bestie now. Yeah, I think that's the joke. It's so irritating to me, though. Like the joke with all those characters. Hell, that was that was a joke in an episode of fucking DuckTales. Yeah. Yeah, where Storkules was like, ah, best friend Donald. And Donald was making angry duck noises. Yeah. That I can't do and won't attempt to. But yeah, uh, and I'm not going to deny it. She-Ra is running into similar issues that I had with um, Voltron. It's got a big old cast of characters. Each one of them have tons of character. But I can see them attempting to drag the show too long and winding up not producing something of quality. Woo! I look forward to getting However, the last, I look forward to getting to the last season and finding out that one of the characters is gay and it having no real effect on the actual story. Well, actually, some of the characters have already like been revealed as like one thing or another, and no, yeah, I it know, doesn't like, have any effect, but they're doing it in season one instead of season eight. Yeah, yeah, I know I did the joke. Like, going into it, uh, Noel Stevenson and a bunch of other people who are actually working on the show, they said they intentionally made everyone's, like, gender identity and sexual identity as, as like, kind of not present as possible so they could do whatever they wanted with them. Yeah. Which, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, She-Ra, Princess of Power, season one is good. Like, it took me a few watches to actually get through it all, and I'm kind of a just-go-through-it-and-deal-with-it uh, kind of person. Like, I tend to just watch things all in one sitting. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. I really did. I, I love, I love, like, okay, so, like, they reveal that She-Ra's kind of like... The Norton antivirus of <laughs> Eternia. What? Like, her her job is to keep all the programs running well, interacting okay, and take care of any major problems that show up. So is Eternia the Matrix, or? Eternia is a cyber-organic planet. Like, the first ones, the original progenitors came to this world, terraformed it, and left behind runestones or magical technology that basically governed the planet and kept everything in order. Okay, so they're doing the whole they're doing the whole magic is just fancy science. No, they're the, like they're like they're intertwined. Okay. Like magic and science are separate things that the progenitors managed to figure out how to make work together. So more Shadowrun. Yeah, more Shadowrun. Okay. And, like, I really like that. I think that's really cool. Um, no, I just kind of want to get to the end of again, get, get to the end of it and, like, Hordak just stands up. It's like, do you know what species princesses are? They're a parasite. Just doing the whole H. <laughs> Smith speech. <laughs> that would be awful. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I would love that. <laughs> And then Catra is just in the back, just making fun of him the entire time. Just fucking hurry it up. I want to slit her throat, you piece of shit. 
<laughs> yeah, but um, I very much am enjoying Shira. I'm enjoying the characters. Uh, my one of my personal favorite moments from one of the later episodes, uh, is uh, Glimmer is glitching. She's lost her power. She's been cursed by dark magic or whatever, and she's like, "No, we're gonna fight." So she opens up a secret room that has the ho- their horde in it, has her weapon horde in it, and Bo yells, Eichel dips on the arrows! Like anyone else is going to try and take the arrows from the fucking archer. Well, you never know. And then her mom comes in, and she's like, Hi, mom! How long have you known about my secret room? And her mom's just like, Did you think I wouldn't know that you were hoarding weapons? Like, Seriously! You're, you're raiding my armory for your armory. I'm gonna know. It's just, it's such a, it's such a great little, like, moment of, of course I knew, that you, you know all parents have whenever yeah, a kid it was, thinks was real they're getting moment. away with something. It's so great, and I really loved it. Um, I also loved that, like, this is a bit spoilery, but it's been out forever, so I don't care. They, very nearly lose everything. Like, the whole shebang is almost game over. Well, yeah, they that, that happens a lot in cartoons. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I loved how long it lingered on, yeah, you fucking lost. Hell, calling back because, a bit in Avatar, they straight up killed Aang for like a hot second. Yeah, but a lot of times, like, cartoons will be like, oh, they're losing, and then whip it around like, oh, but we were bluffing, and they were losing entirely because She-Ra, Glimmer, and Bo believed the other princesses when they said, yeah, we're not helping the uh, Rebellion anymore. Because if they had called them before the fight started, they would have gotten there and, like, it would have been a really one-sided fight. Instead, a distress beacon went out and it took them for fucking ever to get the backup that they needed. Wait wait a minute. So, just just so, just for my own clarification. So, so the, so the other princesses said, yeah, we're done. Left. Our three, our three leads took them at their word and then... Went to go the final fight themselves and didn't even think to go. Hey, that might, I, yeah. Want, want help? Want, want, want help? Hey, the world's gonna end if y'all don't help. They didn't do that. They they did not. They did not say. Hey, you guys should help. Like there was a. I don't remember like what set off the distress beacon, but a distress beacon got set off, and all of the backup showed up at the last fucking minute. Well, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, I I th- I thought I thought it was. I thought it worked because they're fucking teenagers. <laughs> and that's kind of how teenagers think. Like, they said they didn't want to be my friends anymore. So I don't care. I'm going to go do this thing by myself. Like, I felt it worked. I, 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 I especially liked when it happened. Because it was like, oh my gosh. They're about to lose. Oh, no, wait. Okay. Okay. This would have been a very downer ending, and this series would have gone post-apocalypse really hard, really fast. So wait, hold, hold, hold on. So why did the other princesses say that they weren't helping? 
Uh, because they lost a princess and they all blamed the princess revolution saying that if we were, if we weren't all hanging out together, no, they wouldn't have been able to kidnap one of us, which is stupid. Like it's teenagers being stupid again. What? Watch the show. If you care that much, watch the it show. It wouldn't want, if they're going off teenager giving... logic, wouldn't one of the teenagers then go, you're all fucking retarded. Dude, I'm giving you a half-remembered cliff notes while I'm up slowly decaying, okay? Or hell, fucking have the mom show up and just go, Yo, you actual fucking stupid people. I think she was too concerned with her daughter, like, glitching the fuck out. But again, I'm you giving think you would, a, You think that would make her more impulsive? I'm giving you a half-remembered cliff notes. While I am slowly decaying, so let me continue on before I just fall asleep in my chair. And bitch, decaying's my thing. I'm dead. You're hibernating. Whatever. So keep the narrative straight. Three... Whatever, dude. <laughs> moving on to three below. I had the same issue with this at first as I had with uh, troll hunters. It was a little bit of trouble to actually get into it. Um, it took me a little bit of time before I was actually like, oh yeah, this is something I'm going to enjoy watching. And then it backpedaled. Uh, they had an episode that didn't matter. And I say this because one of the shows that I watched had an entire season that almost didn't matter, but they pulled it back in the best way. So I'm going to get into that when I get into that. But Three Below is the story of two aliens uh, crashing in Arcadia and hanging out. Ah, you guys know the story. I've already talked about that part. But uh, the episode that didn't matter. There is an episode where a troll gets his hand on some Acheridian alien technology that lets him loop them in time. So... Stupidity ensues, uh, Groundhog Day issues, and then they undo it, which means they never had that day. So, like I said, the episode didn't matter and only served as a reminder of, hey, this is in the same universe, even though all of the rest of the cast is the same. Like, we don't, we don't have any need for a reminder that it's in the same fucking universe. Fucking Palchuk is an important goddamn character. I can't believe I'm saying that. But fucking Palchuk is an important goddamn character. Like, literally, if, I think like a quarter of the series is... Hey, you remember Troll Hunters? Troll Hunters! This pissed me off so much. Y'all like you get to trolls? But then you get to the stuff that I really fucking liked. <clears throat> like, if you watch, like, the first fucking episode and you know anything about media, you know that Vex was the traitor who stabbed the king in the back, as it were. Wait, you mean the character but... named Vex is evil? No, he wasn't evil. He's a good guy. What? You fuck easy traitor? Oh! But he was the traitor. Vex. So it gets revealed to the, it, like... Oh, he's trying to cover up that he's the traitor. And, like, it's like, no, I'm not trying to cover up that I'm the traitor. 
I just don't want you kids to know because then you'll distrust me and I can't fucking protect you, which was your father's last wish to me. So I'm protecting you. Sorry. So why did he stab the king then? Um, the bad guy promised him the chance to have vengeance on people that destroyed, like, a lot of important people to him. So, vengeance is why he betrayed the king. But not vengeance against the king. Yeah. Um... But, like, it, it's the redemption where I really like Vex's character. Because they've told him, yeah, we don't want anything to do with you anymore. Go the fuck away. Um, then the troll invasion happens. Because, we gotta remember these are part of the same interconnected universe, people! Do you guys like trolls? Remember when Merlin was a huge cunt? Fucking asshole. Um... And Vex, oh, okay, so Vex's girlfriend from the first episode, who's been working as a spy for the Resistance back on Acheridian 5, manages to make it to Earth, um, and, like, reveals the whole shaboodle. And then Vex steals her ship, because the mothership has taken off, stealing the life cores of the king and queen. It's really confusing. I'm not doing it justice. Watch the show. But the moment that actually really, like, saved Vex's character for me... Because I had found him mostly irritating up until this point. Like, I had just thought of him as, oh, he's that loud guy. Great. But, um... What was that? That was a car. Okay. <laughs> Like I said, um, I am on the main street of my goddamn town, and I have to have my window open because it is hot as fucking here. But Vex knowingly crashes the pod that he has stolen into the mothership to try and prevent it from escaping with the life cores and basically cementing the villain's rule on Acheridian 5. Because there is a rebellion on Acheridian 5, exclusively because they believe there's a chance that the king and queen might come back. Like, that is, like, that is their call to arms. The royals still live. They will still rule this planet. And Vex basically suicide, uh, commits suicide to save the day. Only he, of course, because it's a kid's show and he's one of the characters, he survives and gets kidnapped. Naturally. So, yeah. whoopty frickin' do his ship turned uh, into a massive fireball, but it's okay. He ducked. Well, no, he's fucking unconscious. Like, he survived the crash, but he's fucking down. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Three Below, I highly recommend it. Um, Troll Hunters was much better in its second season than its first, so I'm looking forward to the second season. Well, all right, I then. can't really... I can't really say much more than that. Like, if you haven't watched it and you liked Troll Hunters, I recommend it. Uh, it it has Troll Hunters in at least a quarter of the episodes. It irritated me a little bit. I wanted more episodes where we got to learn about Aja and Krell. Where we got to learn about Vex. Varvatos Vex! But why do but, that we can go, hey, you remember what happened to Trolls? 
Ooh, oh, I should see some Palchuk. Ah, oh, fucking Palchuk. So much Palchuk. He, he's everyone's favorite character. It's Palchuk. Well, he he improves. He gets He's more of a character, and he's actually a good person. I don't even know who the uh, fuck Palchuk is. A blonde bully from Troll Hunters. He had a name? Yes, Steve Palchuk. He became a very important character in Troll Hunters. I'll take your word for it. I get the vague feeling that he's going to be the air quotes breakout human character of um, Three Below, and Nerd Boy is going to be the air quotes breakout human character of the Wizard series. Wizard. There is one thing that I have to. T- I feel I have to talk about, uh, and it's because of the uh, disgusting climate in America. Um, they, they touch on the subject of aliens and illegal aliens in reference to immigrants. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, and it's literally a villain and a bigoted father who mention that they're, like, they're immigrants and illegal aliens. So, at least it's the bad guys who are, like, broaching, and, like, the interim principal, the Spanish teacher... Is like, fuck you, get out of my school. <laughs> Each time. So, like, there's that. And in the case with the bigoted father, we actually get to see someone who's like, look, I was just mad because I wanted to be the best at math. My dad's an asshole. You're not a bad guy. So, at least there's that, but... But it's still a show about aliens, and they said, hey, aliens, there's illegal. Mm-hmm. Because the people who wrote this show are fucking seven. So, uh, it's been a while since I've talked about this next subject. But, uh, for those of you who, uh, are fans, well, jump, jump, kick around, and spin. Ninja go. Uh, I was trolling through Netflix and I saw that like four more seasons of Ninjago had been released since I stopped watching. And fucking Christ, am I so glad that I started watching the show again. But then his wife wanted to watch Sherlock Gnome, so he had to stop. (laughs) Will you shut up? Never. That is is almost (laughs) offensive to me. (laughs) Gnomeo and Juliet was decent, so we tried Sherlock Gnomes and regretted it. Ugh. Hey, at least I had something to talk about. So did I. We had a fucking massive conversation about Cyborg. No, I'm not. I'm talking about that episode way back when. Just knocked my glasses off my face because I lack coordination. I don't remember way back when. I barely remember back when. Anyway. So, Ninjago is fucking awesome. And I say that because it has no right to be well-written at all. Yet I love each one of these characters. That seems to be the methodology for Lego products right now. I know. Of just, hey, we have the most commercial thing possible that is artistically dead in almost every way you can imagine. Let's make some good shit out of it. It has no right to be good. 
but it is. It's so good. There is a shocking amount of character depth. There is an impressive amount of development. Their mentor isn't just spouting things that sound vaguely wise so that he can sound like an intelligent mentor. Like, he actually t- gives them lessons that they can learn from and I, that you can learn from as a person. I just like, thought of the a martial really stupid, arts are bullshit, but. I just thought of a really stupid metaphor. What? Legos are these just amorphous fucking bricks, but because they have nothing inherently with them, you can build anything you want out of them. Yeah. I hate myself. Eh. I'll still call you a friend. That, that Your funeral, dude. <laughs> so, there is... There are three parts that I really feel like I've, I gotta touch on. Of what I've watched. I am still not up to date on Lego Ninjago. I will be. I promise you. I will be talking about it next movies and TV podcast. That is a sentence you just said. I know. Um, Two of them are seasons. And one of them is a movie. So the first season I want to talk about is... uh, uh, I'm going to title it The Rise of Nauticon. Nauticon is an evil jinn who is trapped in a lamp, and his whole thing is he grants you wishes, and then wishes you, and then, like, like he tortures you with your first two wishes, so you wish it all away with your third wish. He's very leading, very manipulative. He's actually a very good, like, he's a very good bad guy. Just like one of my Japanese animes. Which one? No, it's an Otacon reference. Oh. Okay, whatever. Not a con, um, not a con. Jokes, people. I got him. And this <laughs> is like the other seasons. Like you, you'll get one character who will be like the breakout character of the season. There'll be the one who we spend the most time on, or there'll be the one who gets the most development. For the most part, it's Zane and Kai who really got the development in the early seasons. It's why Zane is one of my favorite characters. Even but though his name is Zane? A, yes. Ugh. This was a Jay season. Jay is the annoying funny guy who, whenever he can't handle a situation, makes a joke. Oh, like me. At anything and, involving more than three people. And Jay screws the pooch so hard in the beginning of this season. In the very beginning, he makes two wishes in order to try and get Nia... The water ninja, uh, the only female on the team that is in the same age range, Kai's sister, to fall in love with him. He assumes that, like, she doesn't love him because he's poor, so he's like, I wish I was rich. And then he gets a letter saying that his dad's dead. Turns out his dad is some famous actor. (laughs) Which, that leads into a whole can of worms, because of what is and isn't uh, fixed at the end of the season. But, um and like there's a whole rabbit hole and it like it ends up with like it's this whole like long story and jay really steps up to the plate and becomes a hero like he is a fucking hero by the end of the season and then he undoes the entire season Woo! yes that is how i felt until it was revealed 
that the two characters who experienced the most growth remembered. Everyone else forgot what happened. But Jay and Nia, who experienced the most growth and actually developed a romantic relationship over the course of the season, remembered. And given that it was a Jay-centric season and no one else got any kind of growth, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I was actually... I'm just going to say I've been kind of half paying attention because I've looked up the etymology of screwed the pooch. Fuck you, dead man. In the 1930s in America, the saying was fuck the dog. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm talking about something I genuinely care about. And you're, you're. And I'm talking about something I genuinely care about. This fucking fucked up saying. Uh, Okay. I think, uh, I think we're just going to call it a wrap there. Cause. (laughs) You can keep going, dude. I'm, I'm done with that. That was, that was the thing. Just, Hey, the saying used to be fuck the dog. Then it turned through the pooch. Hey, Ninjago. (sighs) (laughs) I was half paying attention, but I was still paying attention, like the fucking Jay and Nia shit you were talking about. Fuck you, dead man. So was there any, like, really, was there any, like, real reason given as to why both of them remember, or was it just because they got the most development they remember? It, okay, so, uh, the way Jay phrased his wish... And, like, I really feel like it's, like, if you're not willing to read into this, you're not going to catch it. You're not going to realize what's going on. You're not going to understand. The way they phrase it, Jay basically, they Jay and Nia basically have to remember. Otherwise, they won't execute the actions that they need to to grant the wish. Because Jay's final wish is, I wish you would just grab my hand and that no one would have found that stupid lamp. But without the character development, Jay wouldn't have actually offered his hand to her and Nia wouldn't have taken it. So basically, time loop if they didn't remember, so they had to remember. So, wait... You're not going to watch it? No, I I, I might. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) I like the Lego movie. Well, on the upside, the seasons are only like 13 episodes long. Ugh. Hey, they actually tell full stories in that limited amount of time. Oh, okay. The later seasons are only 10 episodes long. Yeah, see? Voltron strikes again. Well, no, it's always been like that. It's always been short, concise seasons. But anyway, uh, so uh, I lost the thing that annoyed me. Okay. And that annoys me. But no, it was like a question. I so yeah. No, I lost it. Okay. Fuck. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is something that annoys me. And that is a air quotes movie, which could have been a two-parter episode, that takes place between two of the seasons that contains essential plot. This is a serious problem with Ninjago. There are several movies that precede the first season. And if you haven't watched them, 
you're okay because they cover pretty much everything that you need to know. However, the covering of the movie in the TV series was, hey, and didn't that happen? Yeah, that certainly happened. And that's it. Man, that certainly so, was a weird adventure we had back there that lasted this. Uh, so I had to go watch Ninjago Day of the Departed. Now, this episode actually ties into a season way back when. <laughs> so if you didn't watch that, that, that season, you're going to be very confused. Oh, no. This time, this um, this movie. I I don't want to really call it a movie because it's only like forty fucking minutes. That's not a movie. Uh, ties, well, two this double episode. Yeah, whatever. Th- that's a special. They, they tie it. At, they like they te- they tag it as like a movie on Netflix, but it ties into season five, which is Ninjago Ghost Story. Uh, basically, ghosts are trying to conquer the multiverse. And the only people who stop also, them are ninjas. Yeah, actually. Uh, and that ties into season six because because they destroyed a dimension, it's causing another dimension to collapse. Wait, what? Yeah. Were there people that, in that dimension? Uh, ghosts. Evil, evil, evil ghosts. And like three people. So they committed an act of genocide. Yeah. Which is causing another act of genocide to happen. Yeah, and they are unaware of it. They are completely unaware of it. What the fuck? Kids TV. This is about ninjas. This is about Lego ninjas. But Are are the master builders aware of what's happening? I don't know. But during that time... During that time... Cole, the Earth Ninja, got turned into a ghost. So he got all of his normal abilities plus cool ghost powers, minus the ability to really be normal. And it's kind of just been a continuing thing for him for like two seasons, where it's just like, I am a ghost. I am dead. If I stop concentrating, I'm going to go through... I can't eat anything! So... Like that, that was like that was a continuing thing for them, and then we get to the day of the departed, where the ghost who originally turned Cole into a ghost, Master Yang, baits Cole into enacting a ritual which will allow Yang to free himself of the ghostly realm and trap Cole there forever instead. Oh no. They have to fight a bunch of old enemies who come back as, like, possessed animatronics. And then Cole, like, basically talks Master Yang down and gets sent through the rift where he comes back as alive again. And it bothers me only because it was its own individual movie instead of being like a two-parter at the beginning of the season. Cause I don't think I should have to go search up individual episodes on Netflix. Yeah. That's a bit of a bitch move. Yeah. Um, also I, I feel like I made this joke before, but why are all the ninjas named like fuckboys? <laughs> I don't know. 
And no, you have not made that joke before as far as I remember. Okay, because yeah, fucking Zane J. Cole. They sound like the kind of guys who would run one of those really shitty frat parties at a state college. It's like, yo, sick party, dude. Fucking yo, Zane, pass me a brisky, Brahim. It's like, yo, I got you, Cole. So the meanwhile, next meanwhile, Jay's out. Meanwhile, Jay's out back beating up a fucking like pledge for failing to beer bong properly. So the next season, I uh, I call uh, time travel Boogaloo, um, because it's centered around the elemental masters of time. I, I feel like if it's a basic concept, you can be an elemental master of it. Yeah, time. That's whatever. pretty. That's a pretty basic concept. Yeah, basic enough for them to use. Like, oh, he can fast forward and slow down time. That's his powers. I am the master of the vague, abstract idea of art. <laughs> um, Beware of my power of Dadaism. This season's this season's a really good season. It's a very good Lloyd and Kai season. Um, Is there an elemental master of hunger? Probably, or at least there will be if the series goes on long enough. Yeah, it just it's just getting weird. Like like when they they'll start running out of ideas, like Pokemon. <laughs> Like, but I, the reason this like, is a good I am the Lloyd. elemental master of walking into a room and not remembering what you came in for. Ooh. <laughs> but the reason this is a good Lloyd season is because Master Wu gets hit with a time punch right at the fucking beginning, which causes him to rapidly age and basically suffer from dementia. So Lloyd has to step up and become team leader. And it's a good Kai season because Kai is basically sent on a quest with Nia to go find their parents and save the world. If their parents are the kind of people who would name their kids Kai and Nia, I think they're better off being dead. Will you shut up about the names? God. It is annoying to me. <laughs> Do you want to hang out with the kind of people... That would be named Zane. I don't really know any Zane, so I can't say. And but if that... he's like the Zane on the show, then sure. <laughs> there is no Zane like the Zane on the show. Probably not. Because all Zanes are dickbags. To anybody who is named Zane out there, please consider contributing to our Patreon. I think you might be a good person. The only Zane I'm fully aware of is the Zane from One Direction. And fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. But I know a Cole, and he's a pretty cool guy. The only Cole that I'm aware of is Cole Phelps. And, Who? Uh, lead character of L.A. Noir. Oh. And okay. fuck that guy. Yeah, he was a massive asshole. Yeah, he was a piece of shit. Was the reason the whole game had a plot? Like, I mean, I mean, like actually, like the like the whole the the fucking pyromaniac that they used to burn down the houses for the real estate scam. He was only a pyromaniac because of Cole. Yeah, hey. Because because Cole sent him in to go set a hospital on fire. I thought it was an enemy encampment. It was just a hospital full of people, and that guy killed like a few dozen just fucking regular old Innocent people. People. 
Yeah, so then Cole ordered the entire unit to murder them all, and then Courtney shot Cole in the chest, which is how he got a silver star and got sent home. Yay. But, yeah. Um, Lego Ninjago, well worth a watch. Uh, it's not really the kind of thing that you can put down and come back to and remember, because it is a little forgettable. Um, I, I had to rewatch three seasons to understand what the fuck was going on when I came back and saw three new seasons. So nice. I was like, why is Call a Ghost? Why is Zane Silver? I don't remember any of these things. He was silver because he got the he's got one of those new fucking bionicle masks. Have you ever gotten into like the bionicle extended universe? Yeah. It's weird. Is that any good? Yeah. Again, another thing that doesn't feel like it should be good, but I find it enjoyable. Yeah, like Bionicles have gotten this weird resurgence in the last like year or so just from memes. Well, that's all I had to talk about. All right then. Uh, so it does what we're watching then. Uh, news-wise, I who fucking cares? Fucking Hollywood's a nightmare right now. Everything's Everybody on fucked f- everybody and everybody's burning everybody's corpses. Yeah, everything's everything's on fire. Will Smith is playing the is Will Smith is playing the genie and he looks like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I've heard about that. You seen it? Yeah, I have. F- fuck, fuck, dude. Fuck, dude. Dude, fuck, dude. Yeah. And they made the Cave of Wonders look so shitty. Like, what... What is the actual purpose of making these fucking movies? Money. They can't make enough money to justify them. Actually, it is so that they can continue utilizing the creative resources of the previous, you know, creators and not having to pay them anything. Why wouldn't by redoing them by redoing them in live action, they're exploring a loophole in I think uh, contract law that prevents them from having to pay the people who originally designed the scene. Dude, they fucking killed the they killed the fucking public domain. Why can't they just kill that? This is how they're killing that. <sighs> I hate this fucking industry. Like, I... I, it, Fucking... Movies and TV are the fucking... They're right up there with fucking video games and comics of this fucking nightmare thing of this artistic medium that only exists because there's fucking business in it. It's just why it's up to the audience. That is, those two people that are actually listening to this podcast... You two, right there. Uh, spread word. You gotta make sure that the world knows that we will not tolerate this assholery. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will, but be mad at them for it. That's really all I well, can Well, we won't tolerate it, but the but the general we will, because these movies make money. Yeah, so just be angry at them for their uh, ill practices. That's all I can ask. Yep, get ready to go see The Cave of Wonders, where it looks like a fucking high school drama set. I'm not going to go see that movie. I might end up making you. Dead. Coming soon. Don't you dare. (laughs) (laughs) I have self-respect still. No, you don't. You watch Sherlock Gnomes.
I still have self-respect. <laughs> you, play... you don't get to decide I don't have self-respect. You play control in magic. You have no self-respect. Fuck you. <laughs> I have self-respect. I have enough self-respect not to let little bitches like you ping me to death. I don't ping. I swing. I have enough self-respect to stop you bitches from swinging. <laughs> You play control in that. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be around for three more years. <laughs> the fuck else you going? I could spend the time sleeping, which is what I'd rather be doing right now. You set the time for this. I have a life. Once my wife gets home, I don't want to be spending time talking to you. I'll only be mildly offended by that and move on to new releases. <laughs> Speaking of mildly offended, Medea exists still. Where's my shotgun? Uh, it's Tyler Perry has it. Damn it. I gave it to him because I couldn't afford to go see the new Medea movie. It's the main plot thrust for Medea family funeral. When I saw that, I was like, oh, please let it be Medea who's dead. No, why would they do that? I know. Medea is the front. Medea is the front lady. Man, who gives a shit? It's fucking Medea. Every every shit I can take on this movie is a big one. Oh, fuck God, God, why, why, who, what, how, what? <laughs> you know what, Dad? Go fuck the dog. So fuck the dog originally the saying meant to be lazy and loaf around. Because apparently sticking your dick in a dog's ass is lazy. Oh, uh, this is no longer movies and TV. This has become the etymology podcast. Well, excuse me for having interests. No, I'm not mad at you. I think it's hilarious. Oh, you should make that one of the goals on Patreon. <laughs> we'll do an etymology podcast of all words you've requested. Somehow our Patreon starts costing us money. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, that's the only thing of note coming out this week. Only thing of note coming out next week. Fucking Captain Marvel. Okay. You ready to like Carol Danvers again? Not really, but okay. I kind of am because fucking god damn it, Civil War 2, that piece of fucking dog shit. That fucking bag of hot steaming trash. Civil War 2 is a Civil War 2 is of the fucking hernia in the it's the fucking hemorrhoid in the goddamn asshole of Marvel. Right next to One More Day and the original Civil War. Yeah, that movie. That movie is pretty good. The comics are bad. They're bad comics. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> well, that's a point to end on. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks' time with an episode of fucking this shit. Until then, I'm fucking hungry. And I'm going to go eat something. See you guys. Nah. Yes.
Goodbye. Yeah. Have a wonderful time. Watch Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs>